When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Glass is beautiful. That's what Otis Eyewear say. Stunning mineral glass sunnies that transcend the boundaries between style, durability and sustainability. The world looks better through Otis Eyewear. Visit otiseyewear.com. The celebrations begin. He can see the finish line. A dream has been realised. Brilliant Ben. An ovation for O'Connor. Phenomenal. Well, this is unique. What a thrill to talk to the man that came fourth overall in the recently completed Tour de France. None other than uh, Perth's own Ben O'Connor. And I'm chatting to you, Ben. Where, you're over there in, uh, back in Europe, back at home. You're somewhere in Spain now, I believe, mate. Thanks for joining me. And it must be nice now to have a bit of a rest after an extremely hectic event and, and lead up to that event. Yeah, thank you. How you doing, Adam? Hey, everyone. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess, a well-rewarded break. And uh, it feels nice. For the for the mind to to take the race because uh, I guess you do a lot of work beforehand um, as you know for prep for for, for your events but the Tour de France with its weeks every single day the concentration the crashes the the rain the weather it's uh you're always thinking about something uh, so it's a bit of a unplug now for the next uh, four or five weeks for me so I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> and, and and right you should thoroughly deserve and I didn't say congratulations on that finish and a stage win stage nine you picked up uh, the number one position there which really threw you into the limelight particularly back here in Australia where um, you know, as face it the cycling isn't the highest uh, priority through this time of the year and amongst the footy codes but mate, you mm-hmm. mentioned the concentration and, and things like crashes it it ca- always captures global attention in the Tour de France, but when there's a big crash, of which there was a monstrous crash at the start, what do you recall of that? Where were you? Were you in amongst it? I've seen pictures of injuries as a result of it. Just recall what happened there on that morning. There's been a big fall in the peloton, and most of the Yumbo Visma team have gone down, and the peloton has come to a grinding halt. The world champion, Julian Alaphilippe, is in the middle. Sagan has also been caught up. Wout van Aert collect his bike. It is time to assess the damage yeah so on day one it's always uh really stressful every single team has a, a meeting in the morning you say you have to be at the front uh, uh you have to be in good position in in the big group of uh, of us all and uh pretty much there was a a crash actually ironically i was in the the lesser of the two crashes but i still came off pretty bad i uh ended up with about 10 stitches in my arm and uh, I had uh, a big a big hit from behind from someone and uh, I thought I broke my shoulder. Um, I couldn't stand up on the bike. I couldn't move my arm past maybe you know, 20, 20 degrees. Uh, so 
I actually thought my race was over fully. I was uh, in in amongst uh, the cars chasing for probably about 50 kilometres. I eventually just got back to the peloton with uh, just before we had this other huge crash uh, on a on a downhill big highway doing about 75 k's an hour. And ironically, I missed that. I was on the left, but it's one of those things in bike racing that happens. And the Tour de France is probably the most notorious for uh, these horrible, horrible. Uh, crashes but it's all you know it comes from stress and it's really our own fault because everyone's worried and everyone's trying to do yeah it's it's the biggest event in in, in cycling so yeah. sadly the the risks uh actually cause pain rather than a uh you know a tackle or something like this um it's, it's a bit rough to be involved but that's yeah. I guess how it is uh i'm lucky to have got through better than some others i guess <laughs> Yeah, but you mentioned you say it's it's your own fault, the riders' fault. Everyone's concerned and trying, jostling for position. But what about for the the untrained, uh, you know, cycling watcher, the the fans that jump out? And this was very much one of the big crash where a, a, a lady jumped out or held a sign out in front of the riders. What what are the what do the competitors yeah. feel about that very unique uh, looking environment and atmosphere around the tour? Yeah, I mean, there's really no other sport where I guess fans can get so close on a, on a like when when you're actually doing the sport to, to feel to feel in the game, you know, you feel like you're right there, especially in the mountains and stuff. Um, yeah. The danger often happens when it, it was obviously as you saw the first crash, the lady holding the sign, and uh, I think you just aren't aware of uh, I guess how close we are and how much road we use. It's uh, every single millimeter, you know. Yeah. People are moving on the little dirt gunners on the side uh, you're not uh, just uh, <laughs> riding they're all very close together so it's it's really unfortunate and stuff happens but that was probably one of the worst ones I've seen for a spectator in a, in a race causing a big crash like that and in a way I yeah it was stupidly from her but I don't think she really fully understood what she was doing and then when the crash happens uh, I actually almost felt sorry for her because she would have had so much, you know, uh, she would have been slaughtered by a lot of people and she would have felt very guilty and very ashamed and very uh, scared, I reckon, because uh, it's not a nice thing to hear as well. You know, it's not like you fall over and voila. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a bit battlegroundy <laughs> almost. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, quite, it's what makes the sport great, but at the same time makes it uh, a bit dangerous in the Tour de France. probably wants to get the worst for it because there's so many people it's incredible it's uh yeah. for us it, it brings adrenaline and also you're going to be pretty attentive <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure about adrenaline and, and a lot of danger but uh yeah 10 stitches thought you had a broken shoulder but you, you got through uh and 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 progressed beautifully obviously i mentioned stage nine you had a you had a rest day the day after your stage victory didn't you so that how did you feel about yeah, that would you exactly. have preferred a, a rest day to, to recuperate or would, was the adrenaline such that you wish you had could have got back in the saddle again straight away and competed Oh, that day, the stage that I was able to win up in uh, up at Teams in the Alps, uh, I was very glad it was a, a rest day. I feel like I did some serious damage to myself um, on on that day with the weather. It was, uh, I think, it was only on the top of uh, one of the big climbs, maybe six or seven degrees, but pouring rain, uh, real cold, and uh, yeah, you 
you have to exceed, you have to, I guess, push out even more or even more energy just to keep warm uh, in, in days and situations like that. So I was pretty happy it was a rest day. And actually, to be honest, if you think about it from a media and point of view, because I guess cycling is a lot about media exposure and that's how sponsors uh, make money from from cycling. Yep. Uh, having one on rest day, sorry, the day before the rest day, it kind of is almost like a, a double win because the, the news kind of carries over for an extra day, um, okay. which is which is great for, great for the sponsors. And uh, it was uh, even probably even better for me because I had more time to, to soak up the, the, the feeling, the, the, the sensation of being able to do something I, I dreamt of doing. It only becomes reality until you become, until you get into that position. Because uh, bike racing can be a little bit uh, confusing, and uh, it's not so predictable um, <laughs> as uh, as a game of footy or something like this. So uh, yeah, it was nice to have an extra day to to lap it up. Yeah, I'm sure you would have. The body would have loved a, a little bit of recovery. What? What? Uh, can you just quickly step us through a typical day? in this race what time you wake up do you have big breakfast is there a warm-up as such um the amount of time in on the bike and then a recovery dinner sleep what, what's a typical day in a day of la tour de france well I'll, maybe i can run run through the stage actually that that i that i won um we luckily we didn't have too long of a transfer in the morning often you stay in these hotels and you have to drive uh an hour the next day to the, to the stage start but luckily for us it was only it was only close half an hour the team we we have this big fancy bus uh it's got like eight eight or nine lazy boy you know kind of chairs like recliners yeah. and stuff like this inside so really you get to the race about an hour and a half before that day was pouring rain so First thoughts is uh, what do I wear because you have to wear something waterproof, but obviously you can't wear too much because yeah. you're, you're racing. So there's a fine balance uh, between being warmish to then being quite cold. Uh, mm. So that's a that's an interesting one where everyone's asking each other, should I wear this? <laughs> should I wear this rain jacket? Should I wear you know these these gloves? Someone like this? Um, yeah. We then have a meeting before where you kind of run through uh what you're going to do like what each rider what's their plan what's the team's aim are we going to try and win today are we going to try and uh, uh make the race hard or are we actually going to do something today and uh and take it easy and then plan for the next day because we don't think we can win today uh right. so and you guys plan uh, to go I, hard and go I, well, actually, ironically, it wasn't for me. It was for my teammates, but uh, they felt terrible, actually, uh, once we started. And it was a very hard start, um, actually, up near around uh, Mont Blanc kind of area in the Alps. So they didn't feel so good, and I was I, I had to take the opportunity because uh, we we couldn't miss this uh, this move that went. So uh, I put myself in there and uh, and took advantage of it. I guess I should have backed well for breakfast earlier in the morning you normally eat your breakfast about three or four hours before kind of it gives like the best digestion i guess of the food and normally guys would just have you know bread toast uh and like a lot of it massive bottles of porridge honey crepes uh 
uh, normally a smoothie for antioxidants and stuff like this, and for sure a coffee or two. So it's yeah. uh, more or less how it works. And actually, this day that we that I was able to win, the rest day was up actually at that resort, that ski resort up at Teens. So we didn't have too far to drive um, after the stage. I could just ride to the to the hotel. Um, but on other stages, it's almost two, a two-hour drive sometimes in the bus to transfer across to the next area for which the Tour de France kind of kind of races. Um, right. You get back to the hotel, and then you have a normally you have a massage um, mm-hmm. with uh, we call them soigneurs or assistants. It's just uh, kind of like a, a flush, you would say, the legs for, you know, 35 to 45 minutes normally. Um, and then, yeah, you roll to dinner. Every team has, a, I guess, a chef. We have a chef, and uh, I guess they cook us a three-course meal, more or less. Um, and then you have a massive bowl of pasta normally. Sometimes I prefer rice, but I prefer pasta, and uh, we normally have that. Um, yep. After I made this big, big load of uh, of, of carbohydrates because you're burning, you know, five thousand calories in a in in a stage, which is a lot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's I guess well, the day of the Tour de France. That <laughs> that sounds like a a big day, and then you've got to go and do it all again uh, for a twenty odd yeah, days or so. Three weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, extraordinary. Is it? Is it? More mind or physical? What's the greater challenge of an event like this? For the Tour de France, it's, I think, a greater part fixes on the mental side, um, especially where I, the position I found myself in with the, the general classification the overall path. Um, you have to be good every single day. You have to get to the finish at the front of the race pretty much every single day. Whilst if you're a teammate, you know, uh, we call them domestiques, you you help your leader uh, before and then you yeah. can you can drop you can drop back off the off the group um, and then you can relax to the finish and recover and be ready for the next day to help your leader. Whilst right. for the G C you have to concentrate every single day. So that's where the the fatigue really comes in um, for the situation I found myself in and uh, that's I've no other race is as uh, taxing mentally as the Tour de France I can imagine <laughs> from a long uh, distance away I can uh, imagine that uh, exactly and you mentioned about sponsors and the opportunity to um, mm. promote a brand or a, 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 a sponsored um, company that are supporting you um, What's looked upon, obviously the individual, the, the yellow jersey, that's individually the one that everyone covets, but um, from a team result, mm-hmm. uh, you guys, I think I'm right in saying you guys finished fifth, your team? Um, yes. Whereas yep. the man, um, Podjaka, who got the yellow jersey, his team finishes 10th, I think I saw. So, you know, where, uh-huh. where do the cards fall there? Who walks away extremely happy? What, how high do you want to get up? What's the positioning between individual and team glory in this event? The, the team classification is a bit of a strange one. It's a hard one to kind of uh, describe. You, it's, it's more rewarding for everyone if you have someone high up on the general classification, like what Ted H did or myself, that by far gets more more 
and it's more worthwhile because it means you've worked for a good cause and you've got one guy that's very front of the race as deep as possible every single day. Um, but after team classification, is it overall out of uh, three riders pretty much after every stage? It's kind of like an accumulation time of the best three riders of every single stage added up. Sure. So that's why, for example, Pogacar's team is tense because they all worked as hard as they could for, for Pogacar. Yeah. And then once their job was done, they you ride as easy as possible to the finish. If it takes you 20 minutes, half an hour, you ride as easy as possible so you can be ready for the next day. Uh, and it's far more rewarding to be uh, in the yellow jersey or... Uh, at the front in the mountains than it is to uh, <laughs> just have sure. a team's classification. So yeah, sure. it's funny how that kind of uh, that kind of works. Um, but yeah, really, you aim for just GC and stage wins because you always remember, as I've found out, the guy who wins the stage, uh, the, the, the team, and the guy gets all the glory, and that's all the media attention that. Uh, <laughs> sponsors want <laughs> yeah had a taste of it now <laughs> i like that so the way you say that yeah. now that you've done it you realize that's uh, the way to roll um at any stage the the scenic shots that we see watching on tv do you ever get a chance to enjoy the view in an event like the tour de france or, or the other no, amazing no, no, no. Uh, races around europe no no for sure for sure there's always time um when it's real on no 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 but uh you often do have time on the mountains, if it's not too hard to, to look around, have some unreal views when you're in the Alps and the Pyrenees, and uh, and yeah, if the bunch isn't going too fast, then then you can have a, a bit of a look around. Um, actually, ironically, probably the, the, the there was one day it was actually stage 19, I think it was, and we finished around Bordeaux, um, and uh, we raced really hard at the start, and then the last 100k's or last 50k's were very easy. Um, in, in the big group, uh, and there were so many people when you were going past all these uh, famous chateaus with the vineyards. And, oh, that was such a special moment. It was the first time actually in the Tour de France I was able to look around, and it almost it almost brought a tear to my eye. It was almost super emotional because it was like the first time I'd uh, I'd uh, seen it or I'd felt like the full Tour de France where I was able to relax. So uh, there is time, Magic. and when you do have time, it makes you a bit... Uh, Emotional. <laughs> uh, that sounds magic, mate. A, uh, a, a nice leisurely bike ride through the wine region of France, eh? Hey? You make it sound so easy, but that's, that's what the, uh, that's a what the last story. 50k is for, but before then, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was pretty tired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to harp on this one too long. I'm sure it's always rears its head, but it did again this time um, in this event. The police raided one of the teams. It was at the Bahrain Victorious Team Hotels in search mm. of, I guess, substances and if there's allegations around. I didn't know that anything really came out of it other than lingering suggestion that there's um, ill will in or um, um, you know illegitimate workings in cycling. What's your take on that? Did you think that was... Um, uh, reflective of what you see, no, or was that just something that came out of the blue? Oh, something that happens every year in the Tour de France. Uh, there's a, a French police think they get a tip off from, uh, uh, especially last year. Last year they did the same for another team. Um, I think they hear something, they go take everyone's stuff, and then nothing happens. 
I can, I've only been, I guess, with two teams. I can tell you 100% that that's, uh, cycling is a clean sport and it's only dirty individuals who decide to go on their own pathway, who do stupid things because they're fools, uh, who, who uh, I guess, are doing the wrong thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, actually a really shame that at the Tour of France and the biggest event because we do, you know, hundreds and hundreds of race days every single uh, year. But the fact that happens at you know, the Tour is never is never good for the image of, of cycling, which is a shame because, uh, yeah, I mean, for example, we get uh, anti-doping controls all the time. Uh, yeah. After the, in the Tour of France, I think I had five or six uh, controls um, in the race. And then before Tour of France, I had uh, three uh, three people come in the in the week before or the two weeks before the Tour de France. So, uh, you know, constantly doing yeah, controls uh, for, for the sport. And I would find it hard to see if there was any other sport that had as much uh, control as uh, a cycling. <laughs> yeah, so, so control, drug testing, is that effectively... Yeah, pretty much exactly. Whether it's yeah. urine or or yep. test, it's just it's one yeah. of those really horrible things you have to do, and they can they come any time. They ring your doorbell, and then if you answer, you have to have a urine test or a blood test, and it's one of those things about a professional sport that's uh, not so nice, but it's yeah. uh, it's for the course. So so voila, that's kind of uh, what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, reassuring to hear someone who is at the coalface to speak so um, honestly and and certainly about there there be nothing going on. Certainly, as far as teams, if there's idiots that want to do it solo, they're probably going to get found out if there's that uh, level of testing, mate. I mentioned to I you in an email <laughs> about uh, the fact that uh, we've got a, a, a sort of a. A relationship at distance in in some capacity. My young daughter runs uh, in a running club with Ben Green, the front runner group here in Perth, and I believe you used to train with Ben. He's a terrific coach, and it's a terrific running program. I know that. But it, I spoke to Ben just before we came. Uh, we got to to link up for oh, this yeah? interview, and he said, "I said, what was the the redeeming factor of of Ben O'Connor's um, athletic ability?" And he said, "He's got an ability to suffer." pain and endure pain and grind it out like I've never seen it's incomparable uh, and he said he probably <laughs> loaded you up with too much running but he saw once you got on a bike it all came together what, what was your memories of, of Perth at, at what Aquinas College uh, and, and what how'd you get into cycling I probably wasn't the most beautiful runner at the time that's probably why the like he's suffering a lot probably comes uh, comes into, into play. Uh, I used to obviously with Aquinas, it's a, a big sport oriented uh, school, and I think uh, I really enjoyed my time there to 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 grow and I guess also become a bit of a leader. Um, I did cross country at school and cricket, and uh, I was able to play in the in the first eleven cricket when we won the famous Darlow Cup. Oh, that <laughs> and, a win! Uh, nice. Were yeah, batting, yeah, bowling. What was your nice. what was your area of expertise? I was a uh, opening batsman, but I wasn't. I didn't have the temperament of uh, someone like uh, JL of uh, Mr. Langer. <laughs> I was a 
oh. a bit of a, a bit of a hit and miss. Sometimes uh, oh, I know. a little I bit of glory that. to start with, and then uh, and then I nick up and I'd be like, oh. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you're paying, and I'd rather pay money to go and watch you bat than Justin Langer any day, mate. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I really, um, really enjoyed that that kind of part of growing up with with sport, and um, I guess for the for the running with Ben, it taught me a lot about um, general coaching. It taught me about sets. It taught me about fire like It taught me about how you prepare for for a race properly, and since I started working with him, I think I was, it's where it, the, the genuine love of, I guess, the, the, the physiological sport, you know, like running and cycling really, uh, really took hold for, for me. Um, so yeah, I, I started riding actually in my final year of school because I was doing a lot of riding and on the weekend I would just, I, I was able to get a bike and, um, ride on the weekends because, when you're a young, a young man running a lot, uh, sometimes it gets, it gets a bit sore on the shins. Um, cause you're still growing and you're not, <clears throat> you're not super strong yet. So I had the bike, and then once I finished school, once the, you know, the, the, the pride of being able to run for Aquinas College um, stopped. You know, uh, I then took up, uh, took up riding and. It was a, a couple of friends of mine, and I know Ben was actually still into into riding as well at the time. Um, but yeah, a, a friend of mine was like, "Oh, you should do it. You should enter a race. Um, you should do a criterium." So I went and did one down in uh, down in Peel. Uh, it was like 40, 43 degrees. It was super hot, uh, and I did my first criterium, and uh, I managed to win. So my friend was like, "You should you should probably keep doing this." Uh, so I did these local uh, time trials out in the hills that were set up every single week, uh, uh, and they were really, really, really good, really good fun. And uh, eventually, I got a, a guy who ran a small, a small team in in Perth called Wayne Evans. Yep. He owns a little right. bike shop in uh, North Perth called Cyclomania. And right. yeah, he got in contact with me. He's like, "Oh, you should, you should, uh, you should do, you should ride," because I was thinking about doing triathlon. Because obviously I used to be able to run. He's like, yeah. no, I think I think you should just do riding. Just just commit to that, and yeah, voila, that's kind of how it uh, how it all how it all began. It's uh, funny looking back, yeah. and it's one of those things now where I really appreciate the local scene. Hey, like the the people who work in these small teams, where it might look like yeah. nothing, and you might look like uh, young boys on on the road, and maybe some people can get annoyed uh, with, with cyclists on the road, but. It's it it's it's it, it becomes a cause uh for for young for young boys and maybe one day they'll also end up in a situation like I am now, um, where I have a life that I love and I can you know, live in Europe, uh yeah. racing my, my bike and be able to, to participate in the biggest bike race in the world, the Tour de France. And it all started yeah. because of uh a small little a little club in, in Perth and you should uh, try and never forget that. I guess it's kind of like cricket as well. They have all these little clubs for a reason. You know, everyone oh. you dream to, to, to grow up and become like you or like Ricky or like JL. Um, and yeah, it's because of these clubs that, that kick you into the, the chance to be able to do so. Oh, mate, it's a it's well beautifully said. It's a, a wonderful sentiment that the importance of community sport 
right throughout. It's part mm. of the fabric of society here in not just Perth, but Australia, isn't it? And, and, and around yeah, the exactly. sporting globe. So, so important. And the volunteers that go with that. Uh, and as you say, mate, articulated perfectly that if it can launch the dreams of one young boy or girl, uh, it's job done. So, um, no, that's uh, exactly. really nice to, to hear that. And, and then, you know, support structure all along the way, uh, family, clearly, and, and mates, uh, I believe, uh, uh-huh. parents, brothers, uh, siblings, and even your mates down in Esperance are getting hammered by the press on the back of your good deeds. What are, what are, the, what are their best yeah, stories okay. they tell about you? Are they? Oh, my, my main esperance, I'm sure, has got a couple of stories down his sleeve that <laughs> they can keep. They, they can probably keep in his sleeve. Uh, it's, uh, I think he's. They they love it. It's been uh, the support that I've received from everyone has been uh, unreal. I've never received so much, so much, uh, so many happy happy messages, and I think it's uh, incredible to see what's sport can do for, for for people and how much happiness it can bring even if you don't so much know someone or you haven't seen someone for a long time they feel so proud just to know like yeah. oh i was with that guy i i know him and look at him look what he's doing and it makes people quite quite happy and uh it's been it's been really humbling like that and, and uh especially for let's say my mate or even my brother it's uh it's just a huge sense of, of, of pride to be able to explain to people, uh, someone who you know, who, who I guess you love and uh, can talk about really happily uh, yep. to. Uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's been wonderful to see all the all the um, adulation and acknowledgement uh, and it's not something that sort of suddenly you decided to do last week you've put in some time and effort mate but uh, my, my last question for you before I let you go it's your first attempt at the Tour de France and, and uh, mm-hmm. a record finish coming in fourth in the overall that category um, can you win it? Is that the aspiration now? Have you had a taste? Is there any chance in the future one day you think you could come out with that yellow jersey? I always say there's always hope. There's always a chance. And I think right now I have a lot more I need to develop with and, and improve on. And I think every single year I've been racing here in, in Europe professionally. It's, uh, I've improved. I've gotten better every single time. You know, things don't just click uh, miraculously. Um, you know, you can come out and do things amazingly on your debut. But it doesn't mean it's always going to be like that. Uh you're always going to go through ups and downs. So the aim is to aim for that eventually. But I think only once you do things twice, does it really confirm, you know, it's great when you knock out 100 in your in your test debut. Yeah. But if you get three ducks afterwards, it doesn't really help you so much. So <laughs> I think once you confirm that you can do it again, in this, you know, that top five guys in the Tour de France, and then you can look onwards to be, oh, yeah, I I know that one day I can aim for there. And I live in hope that there's always uh, more potential to take every single year um, and, and to improve on. But one thing I definitely want to make sure, one thing I've been proud of so far has been my the, the mental attitude. So it's one thing I just want to try and I want to keep that attitude and gradually progress in my physical ability uh and in my racing uh so there's there's time i'm 25 there's uh there's plenty of time i think cadell won his tour is he won the tour de france 
2011s when he was uh, 35 or 36. So, and Richie yeah. Paul was third in the Tour de France last year, and he was, uh, I think, also 35. So, wow. it shows that there is always time to uh, <laughs> improve and get your and get your best results in the next uh, 10 years. So, my eyes are there one day, and uh, if that happens, I think yeah, I have no idea what I'd do. well mate you're speaking uh, just at uh, the young age of 25 you're speaking like a very wise man there and everything your balanced outlook to it all congratulations Um, what you have done is uh, achieved wonderful personal uh, results there but you've inspired a lot of people to take notice and you're going to have all of Perth certainly and all of Australia riding on your shoulders uh, next year and and, uh, hopefully it all goes well in between mate enjoy your rest and thanks so much for joining us here on the Friday Focus Thanks so much, Adam. See you later. Born on the West Australian coast, Otis Eyewear is made in a range of styles to look good and last in Australian conditions. Scratch-resistant, optically correct and eco-friendly. Otis Eyewear. Glass is beautiful. Visit otiseyewear.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.